the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Joining me today, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Let's talk about... We talk a lot about real estate. We can talk about agents buying and selling. We can talk about the 21st century in real estate. The thing that flummoxed me the most when I got to the Bay Area 20 years ago was how much bad advice there was. And come, I've crafted my whole life on financial advice and giving people good advice and, and trying to. And sometimes I don't even follow it myself. I know that though, and I feel shame at times. But um, things have changed a lot in 20 years. But then again, they also kind of remain the same. Um, 20 years ago, I got frustrated real estate agents. like, real estate always goes up. And it doesn't. So a lot of real estate still break even at best in the United States. But it's other people's money. And then mortgage lenders. Oh, man, you guys are. You differ like golden clay. A lot more sketchy products to promote. (laughs) There's a lot of great products to have. Like, I'll say this. CFP Chad Burton used to, you know, he sold insurance at times of his life um, when he was first getting in the business. And as he would say, I could make a S ton of money, a poop ton of money. Behave yourself. If I sold insurance today and annuities, um, there's a company called White Glove Events and they'll, you know, help you put a hundred people in a seminar and you can do a seminar on how to have income in retirement. And he could do, like, I've seen these people on PBS, and I, I'm going to drop chat out of this conversation. I've seen people on PBS who are quote-unquote financial experts, and then they basically rent a room, and they get 100 people, and all they got to do is get one person to drop $100,000 into annuity, and they just made $9,000, and they paid $6,000 for the whole event. All they got to do is get one out of 100. Crazy. Yeah. Um, it's And I bring that up in, in large part because of... Bad product is the comparable here. There's bad product in investing and savings, and that's high-cost annuities. And, and, and if, mortgage lenders, if they don't know their stuff, they could be hurting a, a borrower. Well, and, 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 and you bring up a good point. And so we went through this transition of very loose guidelines to very difficult guidelines. Back to, and, and one of the reasons was is, is you know the CFPB was created and Dodd-Frank and all of these things are out there now, these tough guidelines to protect the consumer from you know, that, that person giving bad advice, at least in the mortgage world. Now, I'm not sure about, you know, uh, financial management, but in the mortgage world. So that, so if you go to your lender and or you've done a loan in the past three, four or five years and you thought that it was like pulling teeth. And, and that's the reason is they're out there trying to protect you. Why did we go through like four different good faith estimates? Now we're at what they call a loan estimate. Why did we do that stuff? Why is everything up front? What are what is a tolerance cure. And I mean, these are all things that are out there to protect the consumer. I mean, it kind of put a, you know, a, a, an extra weight on the, 
the lending industry and they're figuring it out. And then it's also squeezing out other kind of products, what they call non-qualified mortgages. And, and now they're going, Oh, we don't need to go through all of that stuff. Just kind of bypass it and use our product. Yeah. The rate's a little higher, but you don't, you're not pulling your teeth. So it's, it's avoiding that whole conversation about, am I giving you bad advice? So, I mean, it, and it boils down to very small things like 30 year fixed or 15 year or 20 year, things like that. One of the areas I want to talk to you a little bit about is that you and I have talked about this and I I don't want to name names. I could, but we've run across people in your industry that some of them spend 10 hours a week doing loans and some of them spend five hours a week doing loans and like they may be really popular at their church and like, Hey Joe, what do you do? Oh, I, uh, I make boats. Hey Tim, what do you do? I do mortgage loans. He doesn't really do mortgage yep. loans, but he does two a year. And- There's a lot of people moving that direction right now because it's, the volume is so low. Right. It's hard to find somebody who's dedicated, committed, and full-time and completely involved in the mortgage business and real estate. So some people are giving financial advice because you do give financial advice on some levels. I, I, I too do totally believe that. You give insights. You say, here's product A, here's product B, here's how this one's going to help you. Here's how. So it bothers me when I see the guy who's part-time, 5 to 10 to 20 hours. Um, a, he doesn't know the product is out there. B, he doesn't necessarily shop for them. C, he's thinking, this isn't my real job. <laughs> like, I don't do this all day long. Um, sometimes I'm picking my nose. Sometimes I'm There's a lot drunk. of realtors that do that as well. And I'm getting at that, too. And there's a lot of people in finance. I know insurance agents who are like, hey, I'm, I'm in the same industry you are. I'm like, no, you're not. And that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a, there's a guy I know who, who does loans. Yeah, yeah. He does real estate. Sure. He does. He also has a t-shirt making company uh-huh. and he also sells insurance or something like that. I, I, I don't know how much time he can actually dedicate to becoming a, a really good professional at either one of those. Okay. Right. Unless he's, you know, a genius of some sort and works 24 hours a day, but uh, that's not really my type <laughs> my cup of tea. If I was looking for that, I mean, maybe he doesn't promote himself that way and maybe he does a good job, but there's still a lot of people out there that just don't put enough time and effort in learning into their, their, you know, career. You basically do all mortgages all the time and you can find them at bayarealonesource.com. It's Tony Mendez, good friend of mine who does all my loans, but you also have a partner that you work with a guy named Gordon who I don't think he's doing mortgages 40 hours a week, but he's doing real estate like 80 hours a week. Yeah. Property management. More than that. Flipping houses, looking for opportunities. Six days a week. Six days a week. That's crazy. But again, that's one of the reasons why you want to get to know and build a team. Um, I've got a guy who does my insurance in Pacific Northwest. I've got a guy who does my insurance in California. Um, I got a guy who does my mortgages in California. And when you can't, when I go out of state, you help set me up. For instance, I was looking at Nevada this time last year because the whole Trump world of state income taxes in California were high and mortgage deductions are going to go away somewhat. Um, but you didn't, you can't do business in Nevada. So you're like, I can find you someone who could do business in Nevada. So anyway, it's, it's good to have a good team. And I I go back to, there's people who do this part-time. I know insurance people who do it part-time and they're like, I do what you do. I'm like, no, you don't. I live and breathe and I I smoke this stuff. (laughs) If I can get uh, some papers and wrap financial information in them and and light up. (laughs) Muggsy, what's his name? It's probably Muggsy. Yeah. So kids day, don't know who that is. Do you mean like there's something that died? Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. So there was a point in my life that Monday through Friday, I was a student. I played soccer. I was a bill. And Saturday morning would roll around and I was jonesed. 
because I got to like, my parents would let me watch four or five hours of TV in a row on top of the hill. So there's a song in the seventies, um, Saturday morning confusion. And, uh, it's all about a dad who just wants to sleep in on Saturday and the kids have gotten up and watching TV and the dog's up and Saturday morning fusion. I just get transfusion from Harry the dog. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. So that went away. I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. How are kids well, going to learn about eight being a depressing number and the bill and Muggsy and the Animal Olympics? <laughs> Big things from growing up as a child. Thundercats. I was never a Thundercats. Thundercats were slightly after me. So just just throwing that out there. Anyway, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Lots going on in the world of investing. Lots going on in the world of real estate. He does all my mortgages. There's some big flags this week. And when I did this story on TV, I got an email instantly. Should I buy now or should I wait one year? I did the story about Southern California median home prices falling. Sales are falling. Home prices are edging up, but sale total inventory is building. Inventory is a killer. It's a killer in uh, real estate rallies. We'll ask Tony if we think that is a true flag that he, people should wait a year or as he should jump on now. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find Tony at BayAreaLandSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm one of those guys that I don't go out drinking as much as I used to. In fact, it's almost never. Maybe on vacation. Hey, uh, I'm going to settle down to the bar. And the first thing I'll do is I'll sit down next to someone who's like, I'm like, hey, where are you from? Isn't Hawaii nice? And the guy will be like, hey, I'm from Ohio. I'm like, what do you doing in Ohio? He'll be like, I own car dealerships. Or I'm a finance officer at a car dealership. And I'll go, fascinating. Okay, tell me how I can get the best deal possible at a car dealership. Because I always feel dirty working with car dealerships. I always feel slightly used. And keep in mind, I was an aggressively conservative shopper at age 2025. 20, so like when I'd go get a car, it would take me two weeks. And the salesperson would eventually just give up. He's like, I'm not going to get anything fat out of this guy. So I'm going to just give him a basic model stripped down. So I always ask people, what's a tip or trick? And, you know, one of the things that you have experience in is in financing for 20 plus years. I think that's worth something. I've got a friend who she's been doing real estate. She's a family friend. She's been doing real estate all of two and a half years. All she knows about Bay Area real estate is two Two and and a half half years. years. And I, I prefer the person who's been doing it for 40, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, up markets, down markets, whatever. Um, and I get it in, I get into fights with my loved ones and I'm like, I don't think they're going to last here because being a, a real estate agent for two and a half years, you haven't gone through the, the skinny times. I, I don't want to discourage anybody from getting into the real estate business because it it's is tough to go through skinny times tough, when houses right? cost a million plus dollars. And there's not a lot of inventory and a lot of people are following that philosophy of, I want to use somebody very experienced and, and there is, there is a you know, mathematical formula that you can follow. And, and if you follow the, the path of to success, um, if you're using a realtor that's been in the, in your commute, the community you're looking in to buy for 40 years, and they're working with another realtor that's been in the same community for 40 years. And that's the seller, the listing agent. 
um, they might know each other and they're going to get along. They're going to they're going to know each other and it's going and, and you'll have a higher chance of you know building a relationship that way and and let those professionals work on it. And but if you have somebody who's been in the business two and a half years and somebody who's been in forty years, they're going it's just going to be like a, a train wreck um, in some cases. So um, people are following that philosophy and it, and but I don't want to discourage people to get in the business, um, especially if you're good at it and 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 you and you have a good network and and that's really what's important. Uh, in any kind of sales uh, position, and that's really what it is, unless you're working for a lender that's that's paying you, you know, pennies on the dollar because they're doing all the marketing. Um, but there's there is some money in it, and it's still very attractive, especially in real estate. When all you have to do is, I, I I'm blown away that where I live, there's only there's about I don't know thirty sales a, a month, but there's a hundred realtors plus in the city. Right. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do the math. That means that one's selling a lot and some are selling maybe two or three a year and, but they can sell two or three a year and make $90,000 a year. And maybe that's their, maybe that's the spouse and the other spouse has a full-time job and it's a hobby and it's made them some extra money. So, um, is that the realtor you want to work in that's been there 40 years that sells three houses a year? I don't know. I think you need to interview your, your realtor or your finance officer and make and, and get some references and, and go from there. You got to like them. You got to understand what they're saying. And you know, there's that commercial out there that goes, there's a guy sitting behind the desk going, Oh, sub, you know, the um, mortgage insurance or blocking, you know, it's basically confusing the, the person on the other, the consumer on the other side of the desk, sure. and they go, "Well, come to our company, and we won't confuse you." You know, but there's there is a a, a level of you know of technicalities that we have to go through to make sure it makes sense. Well, you the know? realtor who's been in it for two and a half years, I'll bait them and say, "So, where do you think real estate goes?" <laughs> uh, I'm like, "Okay, so my t- my nine hundred thousand dollar house, which is now a two point one million dollar house, is going to be four point two. If I wait seven more eight more years, yes." I'm like, why would I sell it now? And she's like, you're right. Well, maybe you would want to shift into like her knowledge base. Isn't that great? Her knowledge base is this is a great place to grow up because she's a mom with a couple kids. Um, so she's selling. This is a great place to grow up. I'm like, have you been to Lafayette? Have you been to Orinda that are cheaper and nicer? If you're looking for like hills and the hills are alive. I'm sure people do that in Lafayette, just seeing Sound of the Music. Did you know that's based on a true family, a real family? Mm-hmm. Von Camps? Von Trops. Trops. All right. And they, they set up like um, like a, a Broadway review in New Jersey or something like that. It's got a weird ending to it. We are like, how did that? They ended up in New Jersey? <clears throat> anyway. And again, I just think of Jersey Shore. So I'm worried about a lot of experts out there who aren't full-time. And I, that's something I really like about you is you do mortgages full-time. CFP Chad Burton does financial planning full-time. Um, I do, this is what it's going to take to get to retirement full time. Um, and even then, you know, even more so, cause I'm doing this all day long. I'm looking at stories. I'm calling you, I'm calling Chad. I'm like saying, Hey, can we talk about this? I'm gonna have Chad in here in about a month and we're going to record four or five good shows and back to school kind of stuff. But I, I value experts and it's, but also I value niche. There's a realtor in my area and I, I hope I have the right name. This shows you how bad marketing is, but also it's how good it is. I think his name's Stanley Ho. And he sends out a 25 package, 25 page color glossy catalog. And I'm, I'm like, wow, look at all the things he sold. And it shows all, these are all the things I've sold. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's $9 billion of real estate. And I'm making that up. Uh, there's there's people in the mortgage industry as well. And- he looks like the guy from um, The Hangover. 
the Asian character, where he's super flamboyant. He's got sunglasses on. He's super excited. And his marketing, he dresses cheesy. He dresses flashy. He dress, he's got like $100,000 bills in his hand. And that is a community that's not mine. That's, he's Asian. And he's going after the wealth. He's going after the gold. He's going after, like, I can't market to that. I'm not a realtor. But his marketing is a bullet shot. Mm-hmm. I would bet very few of his clients are Caucasian or from South America. Um, and I think it's genius. I, I, I like the niche angle. Um, there are a lot of people in the real estate business that do niche. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important that you figure out what works for you if you're a professional in the industry. Um, I've stayed away from niche because uh, I kind of do everything. Yeah. But the niche scares me. I like it, but I don't like it. Yeah, but there's a loan officer I know that, like I said, only does niche products, and it's the reason why is because he's an expert at them. He he does like Cal Half loans and Title One FHA loans and community lending loans and low down payment stuff, and and he he has a network that he promotes to, and he does two to three loans a month, and he's he retired, you know, and this this is his his niche, um, but. In that respect, he's an expert in that field. So your realtor over Mr. Ho, he could be that expert at whatever he does. So I don't have a problem with it that much. I want someone who's been in the business over 20 years and and knows the area and lived in the area. I don't want niche because to me... We'll disagree on that one. Yeah, I want smart. So for me, and again, we all look for something different. I I want full time. I don't want niche. I don't want just because of the color of my skin, I do business with you. No, 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 not me. But I get it. I get it. I get it. So it's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's clearly my lender of a choice in the entire Bay Area. He's even helped me get off a vacation property out of the area. Um, if I ever have questions, he's good about it. How do you get someone on title? How do you get someone off title? Find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I recently bought a second home as I've got two boys who are starting to hit that skiing age where it's expensive to stay in a hotel and then it gets even more expensive to, you know, where are you going to store your skis or are you going to bring them all the way back or, you know, leave them. It's so I did that and it, it, it cash flow wise wasn't very smart for me, but it also kind of set up me with set me up with some fixed cost, more mortgage money, more housing money, but it's taken away some of my vacation costs and the, the fixed cost of the mortgages I'm paying myself to go on vacation, some principal, a lot of interest. The furniture will depreciate quickly. My best hope is probably for the whole house to burn down in five years for me to get the maximum amount of money back. But in five to seven years, my kids should be pretty good skiers. My parents never really did that for me. So it was 16 years old, and I had to go learn to ski on my own. And the only reason I did that was I saw the movie Better Off Dead, and I was a big John Cusack fan, the $2.00. I want my $2. And are you going to ski this K9? The first question of the movie is, I think, are you going to ski the K9? I skied the K9. Now, it was incredibly irresponsible because I didn't know what I was doing, and I probably could have killed someone on the way down the hill. But I want my kids to be able to go to college or high school and, and not be afraid to get on skis. I know that, that sounds like a crazy thing, but it's, it's my generation. I think it's the 21st century golf. 
nothing against you golfers, but it's dying and it's dying rapidly. And you can see it when Tiger Woods comes on and like suddenly everyone turns on their TV like, let's watch Tiger. Was that my over middle-aged white guy, Caucasian saying, let's watch Tiger. It kind of was because CBS will tell you the same thing. No one watches the tournaments unless Tiger's in it. And we're all fascinated by the freak that, w- that was the Tiger Woods you know, kid at four years old. So Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I just told the story of um, skiing is the new networking, I think. You've, the ability to go on a ski trip with, with male friends and coworkers and young ladies. Um, it's a great social networker. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm a little biased. I like golf. I play golf. But it, you got to admit, the people on the course... I actually talked to somebody the other day that that, uh, doesn't golf, and I said, oh, yeah, I play a little bit of golf. They saw some golf gear that I had on, and they said, oh, that must be great for networking. Did you do golf because of networking? And, you know, kind of, but, you know, I started much earlier before the networking days. Um, But, yeah, you know, a second home and the community that you're in, I think, is very important for that type of environment you're looking for your child uh, or your family or just yourself. Um, I think that. When looking at a second home, you have to look at what what you're going to use. It's like a timeshare. It it makes sense if you're going to use it. You you did it because of multiple reasons. You wanted that experience, and you also were looking at expensive vacations. You're like, oh, okay, I can. You, you did all the math. I did it with you. You added everything up and said, this is how much I spend every year, and this is how much a mortgage will spend if I did a second home. And a lot of people do that. And they go. But then, this makes sense. And they do the same thing for like timeshares or the and when I originally Hawaii. When I originally talked to you as my mortgage lender, I said, you know, I, I got to leave some emergency or some wiggle room. Yeah. Um, because cash flow, my cash flow suddenly almost doubled. Well, I mean, my other, cash flow going out. The other part of that, I mean, some people go directed to a timeshare, for example, because number one, it's multiple places. Number two, you don't have to put a large down payment. So there's a immediate cash infusion into this out of your cash flow. You know, yeah. reserves that you have to sacrifice, but it's kind of, you know, if you do it right and you do your research and you enjoy the place, you know, that money sits there and it hopefully grows a little bit. You pay down some principal. Um, I don't know if it's the new golf, uh, but it's certainly something we're seeing more often in the, you know, as you're getting closer to retirement, people are, you know, especially here in the Bay area are looking at massive amounts of equity and they, they're not getting that rate of return on equity. So they're figuring out what, you know, what kind of investment property are we going to look at? Is it sure. second home? And that's one of the things that I did was I took out a home equity line Yeah, and you and I walked through that process and we learned, you know, a lot about bank of America's particulars and every bank's going to have slightly different particulars. And that's the nice thing about knowing someone in the industry. But so I, I did sell some of one home to buy more of a second home. But on a monthly basis, instead of that equity sitting there doing nothing in the first home in San Carlos, in the vacation home, it's it's now you know giving me vacation time and other things. It's working a little bit better, but you do have to pay about that back too. So as long as you're not doing both, right, the vacations and the second home, oh yeah, yeah. then then you're basically just dipping in two pockets. And you know, there's other purposes for doing it. You know, there's sure. like, you know sometimes. It's okay to lose money if you're well, giving your kids a, a better experience in life than you had, and that means something to you. Keep in mind, kids love plastic boxes or boxes. And, and there's always the opportunity. We, the way that a lot of people look at, at second homes is uh, as an investment property where they can go out and do an Airbnb or some sort of vacation rental company like um, VRBO or whatever the local company is and get generate some income. But I, I would rather them, because it is kind of a sketchy and very... Um, 
a sketchy strategy that is as opposed to just going straight into an investment property where you have to be able to go a little negative in case there is just a lack of of tenants in the property and it's it's a high rotation it's a, a very high commission uh, on a, what was the commission that we we looked at a couple 25 30% in some 30, cases yeah. as opposed to maybe a 7% commission on a rental property but yet you don't get to use it so what are you doing with your money and i hope the people that do a second home or decide that that's the direction they go, that they they look at it as something that they could lose a little bit of money or go negative, but maybe make, they're making that up by not taking those really expensive Hawaii or, you know, Cabo vacations. I hear that. So, and, um, <laughs> you know, it was interesting what I was talking about is you sat down with me and you and I kind of like got on napkins at first and then we got to paper and spreadsheets and figured out the cash flow and how much emergency money should I have in my accounts and, you know, I've got various accounts. I've got a lot of real estate now. I've got a lot of stocks. I got particular stocks sometimes. Um, but one of the things I said to you was, do I have enough for an emergency? Like I got to keep my emergency fund more than enough because guess what happens? My air conditioner breaks in one of my rental properties. Yep. And $4,000. The question is, is it a $200 fix or is it a $4,000 fix? Yeah. And uh, so suddenly that's like having three mortgage payments or four mortgage payments. It's still the number one um uh, unanticipated costs of owning a house or an investment property of any kind is the maintenance of the property. It's still the number one unanticipated cost. I've stained the fence. I've changed yeah. the yard. Um, I've worked on the kitchen. At- it's a crazy number. Um, how high on the average in the United States per household, how much it costs to maintain your house. It's like $16,000 a year or something. Crazy I think, like aren't that. they saying it's one person, you should spend at least 1% of your home's value. Yeah, it's it's some. I'm not sure it's that on, simple, but well, there there's some numbers out there like that. I mean, there's there's people that that go out and buy condos and townhouses for that mm-hmm. exact reason. I don't want to maintain my property, and that seems to be a, a pretty common theme right now. Uh, not just with the builders, but the buyers. There's buyers and buyers and buyers that are looking at places that you just don't have to maintain. And and it used to be the old people, right? It used to be the seniors that were looking for a place that, okay, I'm going to pay this HRA. You paint my house. You cut my grass. I'll take care of the inside. Yeah. And now it's everybody. So I have no problem with it. Um, some people just don't have the knack for trimming their yard or trimming the, the bushes or painting the exterior uh, or replacing some wood. In this case, take an equity from a home in California, sunny California, where you don't get a lot of bad weather. Where I live on the peninsula, you don't get a lot of bad weather. So trading some equity for that, this is kind of interesting. For a place that has bad that has, extreme weather. You know, six feet of snow sometimes. Sitting on the patio, you're gonna have to replace the patio in location B more so than in location A, but location A does need it. It just doesn't need it as fast. And it it, it creates a situation where you better be good with budgets. Cause most of the people that I know who've gone bankrupt have typically been bad with budgets, but have also got caught up in the leverage game of taking money from one property to another. I've never known anyone to go bankrupt who lost $180,000 in one day in Facebook. There's a guy who lost $180,000 in one day in Facebook. It was 40% of his account, but I've never known anyone to go bankrupt. Of uh, You got to get out. You have no place to live. So that's one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about with real estate. But that's why it, it pays to have a good lender. It helps to have a good lender, someone who can help you. You know, Did you think about this? Did you think about that? Um, because Tony's got access to me and trust me i'm your number one friend in getting you into retirement that's my goal um and it's become my goal back in the 1990s i kind of wanted to meet uh, a beautiful young wife <laughs> that was my goal so i talked tech stocks because it was a shiny object 
And then, well, I got a great job, and that led to, which led to, which led to. But Tony's got access to me. I'm, I'm the guy who cares about your retirement. He, he's the guy who cares about getting the right mortgage. Uh, probably a little bit too much more so at sometimes. Elsewhere out there in the world of real estate, pre-approvals. I've always, I've always looked at them as jokes because I've seen the pre-approval process sometimes when I wasn't working with you be a joke. We're like, how much do you make? I'm like, eh, let me think about this. And right here, yeah, it's kind of like getting a receipt when you buy something nowadays. Cause it's, it's, it's even worse. It's like getting a handwritten receipt yeah. <laughs> where you, you say, how much do I owe you? I'm like, well, let me think about how much do I make? It's I make one job and, and you're like, okay, I can approve you for 10 times that. I'm like, <laughs> do I have to show you W2? Not yet. Not yet. Later. Later. And you write me a pre-approval for like a million dollars. I don't want to say it's my, I, I actually enjoy doing the pre-approval because that's the part where I get to know you the best. Um, I, I learn very intimate things about you and, but it, it's definitely something that sellers are still looking for. I and mean, we could talk about it a little bit more. It's, but it, it, I'm still surprised that people still go out there and look for homes without them. I see my Michael Jackson for you. Okay. Me and bubbles need a pre-approval. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, little Michael Jackson, Santa Barbara. Ellen sold her house in Santa Barbara. She did well on that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, or I guess she was in Montecito. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The old Facebook flop is the story of the day, down 20%. The guidance was what was disappointing. But again, if you're going to build a 21st century media company, you're going to hit some speed bumps and some road bumps. This isn't the first time they've had a bad day, but it's the worst bad day that they've had. It's going to shake a lot of short-term investors. It's going to shake a lot of employees out who are there literally to jump from hot IPO to IPO to IPO. It'll be interesting. Qualcomm's walked away from its bid to acquire NXP semiconductors. Um, this is the whole China loves me, China doesn't love me, China loves me, China doesn't love me. The, one of the tougher things about Donald Trump's presidency to predict is consistency. So, Qualcomm, well, China and the United States were trying to have a better relationship. And we've seen President Trump open up some of ZTE telecommunications equipment back to let's do this let's share technology let's share the company china and the u.s and now the qualcomm thing kind of throws a little bit of water on it so that's a big story of the day it's smack dab in earnings season amazon's reporting after the close there's early weakness in shares of amazon but that could be because look over there facebook's falling down and they're both in a lot of ETFs, and a lot of people are there saying, I'm going to ring my bell, ring my bell. And they're going to cash the register and walk away. If you've owned Facebook for any period of time, other than the last two weeks, you've made money. That's worthy of note. It's had a big run this year. Now, Amazon, are they going to be the first trillion-dollar company, or will that go to Apple? Apple's got a low P.E. Amazon has a high P.E., but Amazon's got the ability to say magic words. They can say things like, we are going to get in a brand new business of selling flam. And you're like, what's that? Wait, 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 what? What? 
oh, we'll, we'll give that another $10 billion. They're going to sell it. Did you hear that Amazon's getting the business off of that? Amazon's furniture business, I just read some reviews of their furniture. Not like Amazon reviews, but like uh, Consumer Reports reviews. It's, it's considered pretty high quality, like crate and barrel quality. And I'm like, okay. Now, I don't believe that to be completely true because their selection of vendors differs like golden clay. But it's interesting to note, Amazon dominates like batteries. They got into some categories that they just do very, very well in. So about 24 hours ago, Trump was talking tariffs. Blah, 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 tariffs. Cars. And the car companies all started warning for General Motors, Fiat. Quickly, the sheen is coming off of trade war as our only option. Now it's becoming a lot more of a, um, this ain't going to work. You know, the, the tax cuts were designed to help corporations because the corporate tax cut was way bigger than the individual tax cut. But the tariffs hurt. The very same companies that earlier, six months ago, the country was trying to help the country being Trump. I don't know if I speak for you or anyone else, so I got to be wildly careful, right? What a time we live in. We're seeing a higher cost of oil. That should hurt the airlines. We're seeing higher interest rates. That should hurt people's credit cards and how much debt they carry. So a recent accident plus the rising fuel costs have hurt Southwest. I have to admit I was on a Southwest plane recently. And I looked out at the engine blade and I was like, please don't snap off and kill me. Please, please. Um, Because that'd be a horrible way to go. I'd be the kind of guy who'd take the blade in the chest and I'd slowly die. And everyone around me would be like, oh, you're going to slowly die, dude. Can we accelerate this, please? My time on this planet should be over. Good news, bad news. Google's YouTube has taken action against the right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones and his site InfoWars, where he says things along the lines of 9-11 didn't happen. 9-11 was a government conspiracy. The children at Newton didn't happen. They were all sent over to a foreign country and are being hidden. It was the left's way of shutting down gun, or creating gun control. So Google's YouTube is, is shutting down a site. And I don't really know how I feel about this, because I'll be honest, the world is a, a pretty big hate machine right now. And if you, if you watch Sacha Baron Cohen's new show on Showtime, it shows you the world is a pretty big hate machine. It can be funny to, to look at, but it's also a bad reflection of our society. Uh, Sunday's episode of Sasha Barrett Cohen's show uh, did not make Arizona look good. It did not like, make uh, reality TV people look very good. And maybe that's just the reality. A uh, lot of racism in Arizona, according to the show. But again, it's handpicked. But that's what we're getting into. Like Facebook, do I want them to whitewash everything? Do I want YouTube to whitewash everything? And is whitewash a derogatory term? Because if it is, I'm apologizing before it becomes one. Wow. Pete Gabriel. He walked out of Genesis when it was hot. Phil Collins would never have been Phil Collins if it wasn't for Peter Gabriel quitting a band. I'm Rob Black. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.